to bring it in. So sure. This is your idea, which is a very good one. Let's do it. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome to this latest CP short-ish slash rant slash conversation on topic that's pretty hot in the media right now on resting athletes. So in particular, uh, resting athletes with some of the stuff that's been going on in the NBA recently, if anyone's been paying attention. So I've seen a lot of this being talked about on various ESPN and other sport media outlets this past week where a lot of fans, a lot of players, a lot of people seem to have um, really strong opinions on the matter about the idea of teams resting some of their bigger stars, bigger players um, for bigger games, but usually they're games that are you know, played where it's the third or fourth game in a row. They've been traveling a lot on the road, and the, the owners or the coaches think it's in the player's best interest to rest their guys so that they get the rest that they need um, to ensure that they'll be performing at their best later in the season, whether it's in the playoffs or extending even the longevity of their career in general, and a lot of people don't think that's appropriate. They think they're getting paid millions of dollars, it's their job to go out and play, so that's what they should do, is to go play. And no one really seems to take into consideration the fact that these types of strategies of resting players are really for the player's best interest, to get them the rest that they need, so that again, it reduces their risk of injury, so that they can play better, perform better, and hopefully win championships, which I think should be the goal and I think should be the top priority, but a lot of people are kind of, I would say, clouded by the issue of money that comes into play. A lot of fans get upset when they pay a lot of money to go see their favorite stars. They show up to the game, the star is not there. They have to watch kind of the B squad play. They don't like it. Uh, ratings for TV go down with these types of games when the stars aren't playing. So the TV contracts, the big money deals, they're not liking it. So again, a lot of people have issues with this kind of recent strategy that's become a big story uh, just within the last season or two within the NBA in particular. And again, a lot of people have spoken about this. They've brought on former players and they're very against it, saying back in there they, they didn't need to rest. Um, you know, players today are being coddled, they're soft. They have all these amenities that weren't available to players in the past, yada, yada, yada. And it seems that, again, everyone just refuses to look at the bigger picture of that, in my mind, and what I think is driving this type of strategy is just to get players the rest that they need so that they're playing better and reducing their risk of injury. So we just kind of wanted to share our input on it and talk a little bit about what we think should be done and then what we even see at the collegiate level and kind of touch on some of the pros and cons of this because uh, what has also been brought to kind of the, the argument is the fact that the players may not even like this strategy. Some of them aren't happy when they're told that they have to sit and they would rather go play and they themselves have a hard time buying into why it is important for them to do this. And we kind of see some of the same things here even at the collegiate level where we program in rest days or active recovery workouts or kind of deload training periods and then we'll catch the athletes in the weight room doing their own workout doing extra exercises extra volume when we specifically told them not to so sometimes 
again, not even the athletes themselves will buy into this and see the importance or understand the value of it. So it's not really a, an easy or simple strategy. And a lot of people, again, obviously have very different opinions on the matter. So Joe, I don't know if you wanted to add in on some of the struggles that we see here at the collegiate level and why you, you know, as a, an athletic trainer, think it's important or why that we should be incorporating more rest into the players' programs. I think it's such a, it's a huge thing and it's almost a chicken and the egg at the professional level because I know there's been talk about like our season's too long. Like, does the NBA need 82 games or whatever it may be? Does that Major League Baseball need 160 or 180 games, whatever it may be? But then we're going to come back around to the money thing because it's a generation, revenue generator. And uh, so I don't want to dive too far into that. I um, thought your point was very interesting. And I had this, just had this when you talked about the former players who, oh, we never rested, and, you know, da, 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 and they've got all this, and they're being coddled, and I know we don't know the answer yet, but I'd be really curious, and I think NBA, when you look at how some of the former NBA players, how their knees are, how their backs are, how their ankles are, and how that will look for the current crop, are they going to have a better longevity of life because of all these things, but we just don't know that answer yet? Uh, yeah. I think that would be really interesting. Right. Uh, I think some of the science coming out, and we can dive into that, which I think was kind of our point of it, uh, where now there's people traveling that are, are there jobs being created across the board and even down to the college level, these sports performance scientists or these sports scientists and the sleep research, I can't remember his name, it's Duncan something. Um, he was on... Sigma and a couple other ones, I'll try and throw a link into that one, but where they've actually mapped out based on competition nights, because obviously some of them being night games, how they should follow their sleep pattern because it's obviously going to be skewed out of that one. And like that's come down to an actual like science. Um, I think a lot of you made the comment of our athletes, I think we see it a lot in the off season. Because there's still a huge mindset of the sum is good, more is better right. mentality, uh, which is getting broken down, but that's kind of America in everything. <laughs> Not even no just athletics. Yeah, you know, a little bit of this is good, then obviously more of it's going to be better. Right. Um, I think we're we're starting to get the buy-in on our end. It's slowly getting there. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, again, more and more and more information yeah and it's coming and and you mentioned with the development and evolution of sport analytics the type of monitoring that they're doing with athletes i mean the data was it linster it's the soccer club that went from like worst to first in the european league and they did all the tracking and it was like super sports science based and they had a bunch it's like westminster city or something like that i'll look that up too that's terrible i don't know what it is but yeah, they I didn't mean, overdo it. It wasn't by doing more, it was by doing it smarter, and they're saying that was a big reason that they had like the most dramatic worst-to-first thing in that soccer league's history right. just last year. And I think that's the biggest part of it, is letting the data speak for itself. When it can show that the athletes are, you know, whether they're overtraining or under-recovering or some combination of the two, rest is usually a common prescription for both of those. Just mm-hmm. kind of reduce the training stress, training volume, 
let them recover a little bit. And again, it's probably going to help them more that season specifically, but if you can do that throughout the career, it in theory should lead to a couple extra years in their career, but then even after they retire, you know, their quality of life is probably going to improve as well. We see that, unfortunately, we've kind of learned the hard way with football in NFL when they've seen a lot of the, um, you know, the concussion and brain injury stuff come to fruition. Now it's like, Jeez, you know, this yeah, is scary Yeah, that's stuff. a hard one just because of the nature of the sport. Yeah, and there's in no... Terms of, there's going to be wear and tear, and the bigger and the faster and the stronger. Yeah. It's hard to repair that stuff where, not that baseball and basketball haven't, but it's less traumatic stress, I would say. Not perfectly, but... Yeah, different kinds. Right. And they'll manifest themselves differently, or at least the, the side effects and symptoms of them, but... Again, we're learning a lot about what the NFL does to a player, especially after they retire. Not as easy an effects in that particular case, because unless you're changing to flag football or touch football, you know you're never going to getting around the risk of concussions and, and brain injury. But um, you know the science is there, and we're learning a lot more about it. So why not take advantage of it? That's always my thought on it. If if we know that rest can have a direct impact on their ability to perform and recover, why not take advantage of it? That's what those guys are getting paid to do. And in the grand scheme of things, it's going to help a player perform better, which that's their job is to win championships. So if that's the ultimate goal, then that's what you should be doing. You should be using rest as a strategy throughout a season. If that's not the goal and the goal is to bring more fans into the game, make more money, then don't rest. Force the players to play to sell more tickets, get more TV revenue. You know, it, it really depends mm-hmm. on what the number one priority is because that will shape the policies and the strategies moving forward. So whichever it is, I don't know. I don't get paid to make those decisions, but someone else does. And and I think that's what will determine what happens because they've tossed around ideas of extending the season, you know, make it longer so you're not playing so many back-to-back games. You get more rest Would be in something between, else to look at, yeah. Um, or taking away games, you know, only play a 74-game season. Um, they've talked about trying to just eliminate back-to-back games or, you know, the amount of traveling that they do to get them more rest. So those things could work, but they're also talking about making a firm policy of saying you have to play them, um, which then creates the... I'd like to see how the uh, Players Association well, yeah, responds they, to that. That's one. what they talk about is the instant rebuttal that they would get people faking injuries left and right yeah. to still find a loophole and get the rest if they want it. So. Remind me never to work in the NBA. I yeah. don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I don't just, need to be in the middle of that one. Right. And it, you know, I'm surprised, actually, on how many of these people are anti-rest. They're, they're saying they get paid a lot of money to to go play and that's what they should do that's their job and it's like yeah I get that but if you want them to play at their best or to win championships this is probably the best way to do it so if that's the goal that's where I think rest should be used as an advantage not thought of it as a missed opportunity to make more money which seems to be the bigger issue right now or that could be driving the ultimate decision unfortunately such a a slippery slope I don't even like hard to say anything yeah so it's been interesting listening to a lot of the different people's perspectives even just this past week on Mike and Mike they've brought a lot of people in on the morning that's probably the go-to radio show I listen to 
and again, all kinds of players, managers, um, coaches getting all their perspectives on it. And a lot of people think the problem or the issue is just going to get worse because they think more and more teams are going to start resting guys because they see the value in it. So they're going to have to make a decision pretty quick on what the policy will be moving forward. But I know the commissioner sent out a letter saying, I'm paraphrasing, but severe punishments will be put in place if this trend continues. So I don't know what that means if they find Weird. people uh, or what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. And um, again, they're going to have to find some middle ground, I think, mm-hmm. moving forward. But hot topic. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think kind of back to ours, the bottom line is even if you take it out of the NBA, I think and you come back to our level in the college and the younger because how many of us get associated with the NBA like you got the training smarter not harder is where everything's going because the data and the information is showing us that and that goes for the college athlete the high school athlete to the recreational athlete you've got to let your body recover you've got to let your nervous system recover you've got to take care of those things right um and some of those bigger you know misconceptions oh i'm not working out today so i don't need to eat as much yeah you probably should eat just as much if not a little bit more to help your body recover even though it doesn't make sense like that's what the evidence shows you know getting your good rest and doing it properly making sure you're doing a recovery day and that's not a bad thing. You don't have to blow it out every workout to where you are sore till the next one. Like that's that's all the things, and I think there's enough out there now showing that shift that people got to be aware of it, and that's how you're going to get better long-term right. results, other than any kind of quick fix. And I know that's something we've talked about quite a bit. So yeah, and just getting the athletes themselves to buy into it because you know a lot of them are hardwired to always go 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 yep. go. Um, that's what got them in the position they're in. So getting them to allow themselves to rest, uh, recover, and kind of just take a minute to relax For and sure. chill out and calm down will go a long way. Uh, and even kind of what you talked about across different sports, different levels of competition, we could apply the same rationale to you know specialization of sport. Yeah. Where you play one sport all year round, you know, get on two different teams, a travel team, your high school team, your school team, you know, whatever, you're essentially setting yourself up to burn out or become injured. And I saw a thing where uh, some high school kid threw 152 pitches in a game. Yeah, it's just, I mean, why are people still making these mistakes? Yeah. Same thing with sports specialization. It's the science is there and says you're more likely to make it to the next level if you're a two or three sport athlete, but we still see it all the time with the over-specialization, so it's, it's weird that people ignore the science, but For sure. I guess that's where we come into play and hopefully bridge that gap a little bit. Hoping to spread good information. Yep. So, All yeah, right. what's that? Questions? Shoot us an email, info at clinicallypress.com. Uh, we'll be happy to get back to you with anything that you have with that, and until yeah, next time. I'd love to hear a counter-argument. Um, with people comment yeah. this would be great we're people think we're it. crazy and full of it uh, you know feel free to let us have it alright talk to you guys later this is Joel just finishing up the episode uh, we referenced a couple things in the episode that I could not remember off the top of my head um, and instead of just putting links just because it's not always as easy and if you're listening to this on 
uh, the actual podcast and not on YouTube. Here are your references. The first person I referred to, uh, or I thought it was Duncan, it is Ian Dunnikin, who is a PhD researcher out of Australia. He was on the Sigma Nutrition podcast episode number 145 uh, very interesting when it comes to sleep and timing that out he also has a blog sleepperformance.wordpress.com uh, beyond that we also talked about um, the soccer team that went worst to first that is uh, Leicester City or Leicester City it's L-E-I-C-S-T-E-R uh, it was the worst of first and just doing some googling on the headlines apparently they are now back um, in the worst category, unfortunately for them, but uh, there is a lot of talk about how the sports science took a team like that uh, that wasn't as talented but made the most of what they had. Um, again, like we've said in the episode, please uh, comment, come up with rebuttals, whatever you got to do. Um, whether it's a strong opinion, we're all for it, and we really look forward to having those conversations. Thanks, and then hope you enjoyed the episode. <laughs>